Good morning, everyone. Uh, it's my pleasure and joy to be with you this morning, uh, sharing uh, what the God has uh, laid in my heart to share with you. Uh, the topic that uh, you know uh, God gave me very instantly as uh, Samson asked me to speak was uh, to rediscover uh, yourself in faith. Uh, if you look at uh, the topic, uh, uh, what we call in uh, in a literary context, uh, it has got a pun in it. Uh, one is a worldly meaning, another one is a uh, is a godly meaning. If you say rediscover yourself in faith, you rediscover yourself in all sincerity and faithfulness, so that uh, you become better. The next meaning is to rediscover yourself in your faith in God. Uh, as a Christian. So we'll discuss uh, both uh, these contexts as uh, uh, we progress uh, with our uh, session uh, today. Um, first uh, question that came to my mind uh, uh, was, why do we have to rediscover uh, ourselves? Uh, should we rediscover ourselves at all? Yes, but we have to rediscover ourselves because quite often we would have uh, uh, fallen into some uh, routines, mindsets, and habits in our life uh, uh, so far. Um, so uh, good, uh, both good and uh, bad. So we have to rediscover ourselves uh, so that uh, the good uh, can stay with us and uh, the bad uh, ought to go. I um, remember the, uh, the instance of uh, uh, the motorcycle brand Royal Enfield, uh, you know, kind of uh, the brand uh, being rediscovered after uh, after a long time. So that's a marketing uh, case study. So it was launched in uh, 1901 in London and uh, the motorcycle went through a, a kind of an evolutionary process since 1901. Um, that its growth actually delighted uh, everyone. And uh, uh, Madras Motors was a company that imported uh, Royal Enfield uh, into India in 1949. Uh, and it's... Um, uh, India is one of the countries that first uh, imported uh, uh, the Royal Enfield into uh, the country. Um, and it, it was a big success, as many of us uh, who were born in the 50s, 60s, and 70s would know, uh, the Royal Enfield Society uh, was a big uh, success. Uh, the motorcycle organization had uh, military orders, you know. They had uh, quite a lot of orders coming from uh, the Indian Armed Forces. So, um, the company was uh, supplying uh, motorcycles uh, uh, to the armed forces. Uh, but then everything was hunky-dory. Uh, the brand was uh, one of the biggest in India. Of course, that time there were only two or three brands of motorcycles in India. But over time, uh, you know, competition uh, set in, especially in the mid-80s, uh, after uh, FDI opened in the sector, uh, the entire economy opened up to foreign direct investment in 1984. Uh, 82 actually it, uh, opened up, but in 1984 we saw the entry of uh, many uh, vehicles like uh, uh, Suzuki, Suzuki tied up with uh, TVS, Honda tied up with uh, Hero, Bajaj with Kawasaki, etc. And Royal Enfield um, uh, till then was join, uh, was enjoying a big uh, market share, and uh, then the market share share started uh, suffering. So the company designed a beautiful market, uh, marketing campaign targeting only the mature, macho guys who would use the uh, motorcycle. So they said, let the boys have their toys. So meaning that, uh, you know, the small vehicles of 100cc would be used by 
the younger generation, but you as a mature and mature adult, you use uh, uh, our motorcycle that is Royal Enfield. And um, still the struggle did not end because those guys, because of uh, various features of uh, uh, the you know usability and uh, the convenience of use of uh, all these 100cc motorcycles, uh, they got the better of uh, Royal Enfield. But the company had to rediscover its product. So uh, then what they did was uh, they went to the drawing board again. They kind of uh, looked at every feature of the vehicle. They made it uh, lighter. Uh, they even, uh, you know, the only motorcycle that uh, India was there with a left-hand side braking system it was Bullet, Royal Enfield Bullet. And then they had to change uh, even that uh, structure to have uh, the brake on the uh, right-hand side, you know. So they made the vehicle uh, uh, more user-friendly and uh, made it more relevant to the younger generation uh, that was buying all these 100 vehicles. And today it has made marketing history and uh, the motorcycle is a big uh, success. So the question that we have to ask is, do we chisel ourselves uh, to, the more, uh, to be more relevant and to connect with today's generation so that we can be of use to spread the God's word in our workplace? That is what uh, we have to ask as a question for uh, ourselves. Um, the second point uh, is that uh, we have to take stock of our talents. You know, sometimes uh, it would uh, make better sense to take stock of our talents and let's know what uh, are the good uh, talents that God has uh, uh, given us. So we have to ask that question whether we are using our talents to uh, glorify God. We know that, you know, we already have talents, but are we using our talents to uh, glorify God? So use your God-given abilities to reach those who do not know him and give God the credit for your uh, uh, talents. And when we steward our talents to honor God and to bless others, uh, we are just doing the right thing. So if you see Matthew 25, 14, 30, where in the parable of the talents, we see that when we serve well in our stewardship, we'll be given greater responsibilities. If we do not serve well, our stewardship will eventually be taken from us. So it's time for us to uh, look at uh, the talents uh, that we have and to uh, go back and see, rediscover ourselves in terms of uh, uh, the stock of our talents and how to use every talent of us uh, to glorify God and to spread the, uh, his word uh, in the marketplace that we are serving in. The third point uh, that I would uh, like to stress upon is uh, Find your confidence emanating from God's gifts. So the talents that uh, God has given, uh, you have to find your confidence to go into the marketplace and uh, use uh, the talents with confidence uh, and uh, not have ego because uh, when we are in power and position, uh, ego sets in and we all have experienced that. And uh, uh, often uh, ego comes from the position uh, uh, we hold results uh, in arrogance, and we may fall prey to bloated ego, um, especially in the corporate uh, world. So um, let's see that uh, we do not have ego, but have confidence to use our talents. Uh, Colin uh, Powell says, avoid having your ego so close to your position that when your position falls, your ego goes with it. I read it again, avoid having ego so close to your position that when your position falls, your ego also goes with it. That means your ego also vanishes, right? Uh, 
right? You go, ego goes, uh, uh, I mean, you are nowhere. Uh, we know, uh, read from the Bible, uh, you know, uh, the story of David and uh, Goliath, and the people of Israel and Philistia were locked in a war. And there was no end in sight until the towering Goliath offered a bold challenge to end the stalemate between the armies. A very well-known uh, story. So uh, uh, then Goliath uh, comes to, uh, you know, kind of he breaks that, uh, uh, you know, stalemate uh, situation. And uh, he shouts, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. So for 40 days, not a single soldier stepped forward. Not even the kind of Israel Saul. Not even the king of Israel Saul. If Goliath was driven by ego and uh, uh, the Israelites were paralyzed by fear and doubt uh, because, you know, he was uh, tall and hefty. Then came young David, a visiting shepherd with three brothers in the army. David heard Goliath's challenge and unlike the entire army, covering in fear, he was confident that he could fight Goliath and win. Was he crazy? How uh, could he possibly think uh, that he could uh, beat somebody very big? When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, David said to his brothers, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This Philistine will be like one of them. David's confidence arose from experience and not from his ego. He had been through worse and done, done it with his bare hands. So David knew his strengths, but also knew his weaknesses. I cannot go in these, meaning uh, the armor, everything that was uh, put on him, because I've not, I've not been used uh, to them. So he was ready to proceed with what he could call his true self-awareness. And of course, his faith also, you know. So he went with the confidence that God was with him. So he had the faith that he would... Uh, win over with uh, God's help. So, uh, the uh, Goliath, as you all know, laughed. Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? He shouted, come here. He said, and I'll give you flesh, to your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. This arrogance was only short-lived, as we know. So, David came at Goliath at full sprint. He did the, uh, took the sling in one hand and a few stones on the river in the other. In those quick uh, seconds, Goliath, you know, with his confidence, uh, struck off uh, uh, David, uh, with all his confidence, struck off Goliath. And uh, uh, before uh, Goliath could do anything, uh, he was dead. So he was felled by uh, the small stone that mm -hmm. David uh, used from his uh, uh, sling. And um, they, Goliath got his uh, own head uh, cut off by his own uh, sword. So this biblical story reminds us of uh, how important is uh, shedding of ego importance of uh, humility and uh, uh, the necessity of uh, confidence. So the fourth point uh, that I would like to, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, lay thick in your minds is uh, uh, check whether you have any negative emotions like anger. Uh, the Bible says, he that is slow to anger is better than uh, uh, the mighty. And uh, he that ruleth his spirit, uh, than he that uh, taketh a city. So it very clearly tells us of uh, the bad effects of uh, anger. Some of us uh, would be getting angry fast. Um, I mean, um, the story of Rick. Rick was a very good uh, boy, a young boy, but uh, 
uh, he was always, uh, you know, having a problem of uh, uh, dealing with uh, anger. He was always uh, angry at school, very young boy, angry at school. So his mother came to him and said that, uh, why do you get uh, angry always? But uh, you always used to get angry. So she gives him, uh, he knows that uh, this guy has got a penchant for painting. And uh, she gives him, uh, gives him a canvas and uh, then a palette of, uh, um, uh, you know, colors. And then he asks uh, uh, him to paint. Whenever uh, he gets angry, he says, she says, you paint, made a, he made a series of painting, you know. And all the paintings were, uh, you know, showing all negative emotions. One showed that a building was falling and he said that it's a school building and somebody was beating another person and said that, you know, the teachers bad attitudes and things like that. And he was getting angry uh, because of that. And um, then his mother uh, comforts him, consoles him, and his mother uh, counsels him saying that, you know, whenever you get angry, take a deep breath. You know, you take a deep breath and uh, pray about uh, your anger and uh, do not react. Maybe for about uh, 20 minutes, don't react uh, to any situation with anger and then everything will become uh, beautiful. And uh, then uh, his anger vanishes and uh, he becomes uh, uh, happy. And that is, uh, uh, that is what uh, happens with us also because uh, quite a few times we, uh, we get uh, angry because, uh, uh, I mean, even when uh, we... Uh, uh, even when uh, for situations where uh, there is no need to get angry, we get angry because uh, we carry some baggage of emotions, you know, emotions that uh, would have uh, kind of impacted uh, our lives uh, in other uh, scenarios as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, but uh, those anger, uh, that anger would show, show off and uh, that puts us in a, a bad light. You know, usually the anger that has emanated from... Uh, you know, household situations would get reflected sometimes uh, uh, on the corporate side, on the on the work front, and uh, sometimes uh, it's the reverse. You know, the anger that uh, we carry as baggage from uh, our officers would get reflected in the family, and then our life becomes uh, uh, terrible. And th those are the things that uh, you know we have to avoid and see. You know, what kind of uh, emotions that we have, and what kind of negative. Uh, emotions are impacting us and then we pray about those emotions and rediscover ourselves and you know in faith and say that you know that I have to be a better person I have to become uh, uh, like Jesus how do I become like Jesus and uh, then you pray and uh, get all those uh, negative emotions uh, uh, cleared off and that is uh, how God would uh, help us and um, my point number five is, uh, last but not the least, uh, you know, we have to seek God with faith. And even people like big leaders who have uh, kind of put their, uh, you know, uh, confidence in themselves and put their own, uh, uh, put uh, uh, faith in their own strengths have always looked up to uh, God later. And they knew that they have come to situations where only uh, God uh, could help, you know. So sometimes... Uh, um, you know, um, uh, we may act based on our experience and uh, try to use our own uh, power, you know, even in, uh, in the workplace, you know, we try to uh, use uh, our own uh, power. So uh, then um, do we pray and see that, seek uh, God's uh, favor in our workplaces? Do we seek uh, uh, God's help in, uh, you know, for uh, favoring our, you know, in our situations? If we pray, it uh, definitely 
happens and then it has to be supported uh, uh, with a life of uh, integrity. I mean, if you need a life of integrity, God definitely supports you and uh, uh, helps you uh, uh, perform better uh, in, in every sphere, not only in spreading the word of God, but also in, uh, in your uh, workplaces. I just made my session so relevant to people who are in the marketplace, who go to the marketplace to, uh, you know, uh, to minister. The reformer Martin Luther was called before a tribunal demanding uh, that he recant his beliefs uh, on threat of uh, denunciation and possibly death. So he was in that dire situation. So he spent hours in prayer, Martin Luther, as he waited his turn to testify. Um, he breathed in, he emptied his mind of worry and fear. He spoke, I cannot and I will not retract for it's unsafe for a Christian to speak against his conscience. Here I stand. I can do no other. So help me God. He prayed. It's uh, not interesting that the leaders who end up uh, uh, truly tested by turbulent times end up sincerely relying on some uh, measure of faith, you know, uh, and belief to get them um, uh, through difficult times. Is it not interesting to see uh, uh, that leaders uh, do that? It is. It is interesting. Uh, that, that was uh, that story of Lincoln, you know, if you see that, like many smart young people, uh, he was an atheist early in life, uh, but then he changed, uh, especially because of the loss of his son and the horrors of the Civil War uh, turned him into a believer. Then if you look at uh, Kennedy, spent most of his life looking uh, down on his parents' uh, Christianity, but uh, you know, he was praying as he stood up to the threat of nuclear annihilation uh, he prayed, here I stand, I can do no other, so help me God. So we have seen uh, these three big people, big leaders who have uh, put their faith in God. And who are we, you know, to uh, uh, not to put our uh, uh, faith in God at times of necessities, at times of situations, at times of uh, need, at times of, uh, um, you know, uh, whatever that uh, we want to uh, we want to fulfill as far as God's will is concerned. Uh, we have complete faith in God, but then we have to prepare ourselves in ways. We have to rediscover ourselves um, in uh, true faith. We'll have to rediscover ourselves and uh, put our faith in God and uh, see how uh, you know uh, we uh, include him in all the decisions uh, that uh, we make so that uh, uh, we become uh, better stewards to carry his word uh, to the multitudes in the marketplace. And uh, that's all I have for you uh, to, to share with you uh, today. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you, uh, Lord, for uh, your word. Thank you, Lord, that you've been helping us uh, rediscover ourselves in faith. We pray, Lord, that you will uh, help us look into ourselves more and more and uh, seek your favor and help so that you will chisel us and you will make us uh, uh, better parts, Lord, in the hand of the maker that you are. We pray, Lord, that you will uh, keep doing that every time, uh, the Lord, that not only whenever we ask for, but uh, Lord, uh, you, uh, Lord, have mercy upon us and you keep us, uh, make us uh, ready to serve you, ready to reflect your love and your uh, mercy, uh, to reflect uh, your mercy to others so that people will see us and uh, Lord, uh, they will know that you are the true God and uh, 
and the marketplace will completely change in our country, Lord, especially when there are so many forces acting upon uh, Lord uh, uh, people, especially on the younger generation. Uh, they do not have direction, we get carried away. We pray, Lord, that you will prepare ourselves. Look at, uh, let's look at our talents and uh, Lord, use our talent to shape up these people, Lord, uh, in the, in the uh, workplaces and wherever we are, Lord, uh, networking with these people and connecting with these people, you prepare ourselves, Lord. Let's shed our uh, ego and uh, Lord, have uh, more confidence and uh, we pray, Lord, that uh, we will not keep our talents and we will not keep our abilities uh, within ourselves, but uh, we will, uh, uh, Lord, use our talents, Lord, uh, for with confidence, Lord, to use them uh, to help uh, others, Lord. We not only would help uh, ourselves, but we would uh, help others, Lord. We uh, have faith, Lord, uh, complete faith in you. So, Lord, uh, uh, the faith that we have uh, in you, you would, uh, Lord, uh, uh, have grace and mercy upon us and uh, help us, uh, Lord, uh, become better uh, individuals and better teams to share your word with others. In Jesus' most precious name, we pray. Amen.